Last October marked the release of Red Dead Redemption 2, one of the most highly anticipated video games of all time. Set in 1899, as the golden age of the Old West is fading, the story follows a gang of outlaws as they travel westward, away from greed and oppression, or what they see as the ills of a rapidly civilizing society. Along their journey to this utopian West, the gang confronts a world rife with brutality and violence. With Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar Games has set out to create its most ambitious open-world experience to date. It is an epic tale of outlaw life that seamlessly blends story with action. Arthur, let's go, quick! And exploration with choice, all under the constant threat of danger. <laughs> you play as Arthur Morgan, a rough-and-tumble outlaw and prominent gang member exploring an open world with over 100 main missions, 200 animal species, and 500,000 lines of dialogue. Whether you want to enjoy the stunning landscapes or stir up trouble at a saloon, the game lets you define your own Wild West experience. You can rob a train, passerby, or a coach. Anyone inside here? Hold up a store. Burgle a house or go loan sharking. I'm here for money. Where is it? Or you can simply go off and explore alone if you're feeling brave enough. The countryside, towns, and frontier are full of rival gangs and outlaws. Each different, but all of them deadly. To say that Red Dead Redemption 2 has been a smashing hit would be an understatement. In its first three days after it was released, the game raked in $725 million in sales, the biggest opening weekend of any entertainment product in history. But while the gameplay is undoubtedly groundbreaking, some have taken issue with the game's narrative, which draws heavily on popular Western movies. With the first Red Dead Redemption, they were obviously sort of taking their cues from a very particular kind of Western film, from a very mm -hmm. particular period in, in the Western kind of genre. That's historian Esther Wright. She says that despite its technical achievements, the game suffers from a story hampered by historical inaccuracies and themes of white masculinity. Heavily influenced by the so-called revisionist Westerns, you know, the Wild Bunch, um, Moving all the way down to more recent films like Unforgiven or The Assassination of Jesse James, it's really sort of taking a crystallization of the Western genre and Western history around masculine identity, around white masculinity, and right, around right. brutalization and violence is really the kind of the key. They are sort of a touchstone for the way film has been depicting Western history. This image of Western America's Western past has currency, as we see, you know, in kind of contemporary Westerns like The Hateful Eight or in TV shows like Westworld and Oscar winners like The right. Revenant. This is the sort of, I guess, one of the dominant ways that Western history is being packaged by media at the moment. Sort of a nihilistic approach, right, in which everybody yeah. is evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just differing degrees of it. Tell me about some of the characters, you know. A utopian outlaw it sounds kind of interesting, but is the rest of this huge cast equally interesting? It is a huge cast. They've really sort of pushed outwards um, from the first game, so they've really expanded this vision of who was in the West, in, in good and bad ways, I think. So there was a lot of talk before the game came out about the fact that it was being 
more inclusive um, and that translated as having more women in the gang. Right. Um, there was a sort of a big absence of, of women. There were a few women characters in the first game, but this one does sort of, I guess, improve in their visibility, I suppose. So, you know, like the gang is your family. Um, it's a kind of, it's this, yeah, it's this fa- it's family unit that you can hunt and you can provide for and you can, you know, you get money for and it's about keeping them safe. So it's interesting to have a couple of women. Um, there are, you know, there's a child in the mix of all this. Um, so, I guess the the composition of of the gang itself has changed, and even to sort of include diversity in other ways. So there was also kind of talk about the way that it now included um, some Black American outlaws. There is a, a Native American character who's part of the gang. So on a surface level, and this was emphasised really in marketing that they were sort of pushing the boundaries of what not only they had done before, but what a lot of Western cinema had done before. But I don't think really that this is translated into the sort of progressive message that the game wants to send. It sounds to me like a great lost opportunity, right? To have had that audience, that that skill of creating this realistic detail, uh, this kind of expectation, and even these claims, but it doesn't sound like they really delivered on them historically. Well, it's interesting, really. Um, it's It's kind of the distinction to be made between historical accuracy and historical authenticity. So, for example, there are a lot of elements about the game that you could say are accurate, just as, just as there are a lot of things that are inaccurate. So, you know, you get a lot of era-appropriate depictions of historical events and movements. So, for example, you can see women campaigning for suffrage, or you'll see sort of Civil War veterans hanging around. You know, that you see the influence of technologies like the railroad, or you get a sense of, you know, booming business and Native mm-hmm. American tribes that have been removed to reservations. You know, there's hundreds of different types of animals in this world and lots of different types of guns. So it's very heavily detail oriented and it's probably not productive to say that that's not accurate. But uh-huh. the whole point is to make this world feel, this historical world rather, feel real and believable. And doing that has more, yeah, I guess, guess to do with the kind of flexibly defined subject notion of authenticity. Right. So it's interesting because I think sometimes game designers, uh, game makers can talk about the fact that this is not history, this is historical fiction. And this was something that we saw in the marketing of this game. Um, but I think that's really a kind of false dichotomy. Um, these game makers, like filmmakers, like writers, have immense power to shape sort of popular understandings of the period. Um, and you know, to kind of try and claim that these games are just fictional rather than you know history proper is a really kind of outmoded and traditional distinction to make. So I think it's kind of this it's a try try to hide behind this claim that it's just fictional is a way of managing criticism and it's kind of a have your cake and eat it too scenario. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems that, you know, it's like film really, which excels at the way things look. Is it possible that this is a satire and it's satire of the genre of the film rather than really thinking about history very seriously? Well, I think if you look at Rockstar's history in terms of the games they make, they part of their brand really is doing satire, doing satire of America past and present. But I think despite the fact that I think that like that shields them a lot, they are trying to make and they are making very serious claims and they are offering right, very serious right. engagements with certain aspects of America's past. You know, it's it's like saying, well, it's it's not proper history, but we're going to talk about what happened to Native Americans as if right, right. it's sort of like a progressive step. But it shouldn't 
stop them from being criticized for the way that they do that. And right. oftentimes in the marketing of their games, they try to sell these games as being historically authentic or having basis in truth and fact. So we shouldn't really shy away from treating them as a form of history. Is there a scene that seems to you to capture some of these tensions and inaccuracy or compromises? I think so. One example that we could draw on is the way that, as I was saying earlier, the, the suffragette movement gets represented in, in the game. So there's one mission in particular where a young man from a sort of prominent family asks you to protect his girlfriend, who she's joined up with these women who are campaigning for suffrage. Uh, and as Arthur Morgan, you have to drive the cart of, of women sort of shouting and holding placards into the town to the sort of the steps of the town hall where they sort of stand and they give their speeches. So in theory, you know, you're, you're being positioned on the right side of history. You're helping these women kind of in their campaign for suffrage and for equal voting rights. And you sort of stand and you listen to them for a few minutes and listen to what they're saying. You know, the leader is saying about giving women their rights. But then almost inevitably, the mission sort of dictates that you then walk around the corner and you end up in a fight with a guy who's not happy about the fact that his little brother or his cousin is dating someone from an opposite family in in town. Ah. So it's just one of so many examples where these kind of real serious things um, about America's past are used as kind of historical texture that underpins this sort of narrative that completely revolves around white masculinity and and violence and how these sorts of things can only really exist in these very tiny ways that really don't sum up to being meaningful engagements with the campaign for women's suffrage. Can you imagine a Red Dead Redemption 2 that was both fun to play, which I guess is its primary uh, challenge since it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a game, um, but that would have not done such violence to the historical record? I think it's possible. And if there's any company that has the means and the resources and the power to do something different, it is a company like Rockstar. Uh, you know, it's it's about where you take the time to push this realism. And even in small things like having a different character to play as, you know, you are confined to playing as Arthur Morgan, who is this white male outlaw. What's to say that you couldn't play the other side of these issues, you know, play as a Native American, right. play as a woman? I mean, video games haven't shied away from trying to represent periods in the past from different perspectives like for example the mafia series of games one came out in 2016 mafia 3 that allowed you to control and play as a character a black american character who was a vietnam veteran in 1968 in you know sort of fictionalized version of new orleans so you know and having all the kind of civil rights and everything going on in the background so it is possible to do these sorts of things and to make them fun to play and to make them games that people want to play it's just about sort of thinking outside of really kind of traditional historical imaginations, I think. Esther Wright is a PhD student at the University of Warwick. She studies the relationship between contemporary video games and film. <laughs> 